You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. My August theme is fun, and I was thinking about what's fun, and I chose fitness because when fitness is fun, you will do it. And if you will do it, then you will be fit. So it's the whole um, decision tree of fun into fitness. Anyway, I have some wonderful guests today. I'm really excited to introduce you two, and we're gonna start. I'll introduce you all, and then you can introduce yourselves better. And we have Steve Brosman, who's the sales innovator. And we had a conversation. We met through Grand Connection, and then we had one of those after chats. And I'm like, I'm talking about fitness. And he said, oh, I am so your guy. So I'm thrilled you're here. And then we have Susan Ballot, who I have known for years because Susan took one of my goal-setting workshops years ago, like pre-Deb Method goal-setting workshops. Um, and I've spoken for her a few times, and I just, I just think it's awesome because we've had very few face to faces, and I'm thrilled because I know she is a fitness enthusiast, and she like <laughs> integrates it into everything, and I really wanted that perspective. And then also we have Carmen Miranda, who's my newest friend. We were on a Finding Fabulous slash Ladies Take the Lead uh, networking event just like a week and a half ago and i'm like you have to come talk fitness and the other reason is she was wearing a necklace with all gold stars and anybody who knows me knows this is my power symbol so i knew immediately that carmen and i would be friends and the other purpose of this is we're going to talk about fitness from the literal to the actual and i think we've got some wonderful perspectives so Without further ado, um, Steve, why don't you start by uh, introducing yourself better? And I think you can absolutely do that, considering I just said, hey, Steve's cool, be on my show. So please <laughs> tell the world a little bit more about you, and we'll go from there. Well, that's about as much as the direction that I got. So, hey, um, anything's possible. As you could possibly tell, I am from the land down under. And uh, it's nice and early in the morning here. Lovely to join you guys. But I've already been up. Uh, the sun's up and I was out on my um, hour or so ride. So fitness has been a, a massive part of my life ever since I was growing up. Um, I left school and then uh, turned professional track athlete. And I was training for the Los Angeles Olympics um, when I crushed three discs in my back, which you can't really run that well with a, a crushed back. So through rehab, I actually fell in love with the health and fitness industry and opened up my own health club in 1983, possibly before some of you guys were born. But anyhow, um, that's how long I've been in business and had a touch in the, the health and fitness industry. But I, 
I saw what was going on. And I said, hey, I want to do things a little differently. And um, consequently, I did. We set up programs for kids, for seniors, for weight loss, for rehab, aqua fitness way back in then and really led the field in some small areas. And fortunately, I got to travel the world, got to speak in uh, 15 countries on, on health and fitness. And that has helped me have a, a broader understanding from way back then to what's been going on now. And over the last 10 or 15 years, I haven't been involved so much in the direct health and fitness, but more in um, business sales and marketing. But I've always had clients in that area and recently spoke on a, a healthy aging summit. And uh, that was one of the things that we did um, back in 84 as well, released a video on chair-based exercises for seniors. So um, it's a matter of I've been around a while, um, seen a lot, and uh, I guess anything you can throw at us, uh, we'll be able to bring to the table today. Well, wonderful. Well, I'm thrilled you could join in. Um, and I think I'm going to swap you over for Susan. And Susan, welcome. Great to see you. I'm glad you found us. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I'm Susan Ballot. Um, I'm a public radio reporter podcast host and producer and an adjunct professor. So I'm a pretty much typical freelancer here in California. Um, and fitness wise, I, you know, I was the kid who grew up playing softball, hated running to this day. I hate running. <laughs> um, and like, when you think about fitness, you think about things like running and it's like, Oh, that's terrible. Um, and I was always prone to shin splints and all this stuff. And so when I was in my mid-20s, um, I, I worked with some hockey nuts. And they started showing me the game of hockey. And then I started skating once a week. And then they had a women's clinic. And I tried that. And then I invested in the gear. And so I have been playing hockey now, ice hockey, for 20-something years. Um, I play usually on a couple of teams. We've just started back since the pandemic. Um, the pandemic took all that away, right? We couldn't, ice hockey is something where you're breathing hard on other people. <laughs> so it's not the ideal game to play during, um, like when germs are floating around. Um, but during that time, then I took up hiking locally and I've always liked hiking, um, like on trips and things like that. But now I go three to five days a week. I go a couple miles a day. It's uphill, downhill. There's no like level ground. Um, and one funny story, just as an aside, um, I thought initially when I started a couple months into hiking, I thought like, oh no, my leg is swollen. And then I felt the other leg and I'm like, oh my God, I have new muscles. <laughs> so um Yes, I have new muscles in the past year right above my kneecaps um, from on hills. Um, but yeah, so I've always, yeah, I've done stuff like yoga, things like that. Um, but what I found is really finding something that you love and then working around any injuries that you have. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're here to bring your perspective to the conversation. And Garmin. Will you please introduce yourself now? Yes. First, thank you for having me. I love your energy. I was so excited to just be here and have this combo with you and everyone else. So thank you. Um, yeah, I'm Carmen. I am founder of Intuitively Fit 360 Coaching. Um, born and raised New Yorker. I literally just relocated a few months ago to Los Angeles. 
Um, so yeah, I've been in the fitness industry for a little over 15 years now. And I uh, support women who are struggling to release and actually keep off weight for the long term. And, you know, I do this by helping them um, connect with their body's cues and to strengthen their intuition on what works specifically for them. Um, I work based on the idea that in order to actually release and keep off weight, you have to know yourself, right? Like there's this like deep inner, like self-awareness that can support you. Um, it's about like knowing what foods work for you, like knowing what kind of movements you enjoy, what feels good for you, how you need to like rest and recover and self-care for you. Um, you know, it's, it's really about knowing you. And in a world where we live in a heavily saturated market around like so many different diet plans and quick fix workouts and stuff like that, it just ends up being unrealistic and unsustainable for the long term. And I'm sure a lot of us, <laughs> a lot of people have experienced that and bumped against those walls from time to time. And it can uh, be really disappointing. Um you know, when you're trying to work towards something or you just want to take care of yourself. So, you know, I work from a holistic standpoint and I really um, focus on integrating the entirety of the person in the way that I work. Like, who are you? What do you like? What do you enjoy? What is your lifestyle like? What do you need? Like, we really go into who this person is on an individual level and we build a plan from there. I really believe that when, you know, in the not even believe in, but what I see is that when your fitness plan comes from you, it comes from who you are individually and what it is that you enjoy. Like you said, Deb, you're much more likely to stick it out for the long term. And I really noticed that once I shifted my approach over time and started working from this standpoint, women really began to to make shifts in their life, but actually sustain it for the long term. And, you know, we're able to stop bumping against those walls um, that they kept hitting from time to time. Yeah. It, it, it's really the know thyself factor. And as I mentioned before, we met at an event a couple of weeks ago. And what you said is something that I say frequently is you have to think about the long term. So my big thing is figure out your goaltopia. What is the life you want? And you build the plan to get there. And I was like, we're just, it's the gold stars and the philosophy. So I knew that we would definitely be friends. Mm -hmm. so, Let's dial it back a little to just the basic question, which is what is fitness? And it seems obvious, but I don't care. Uh, Steve, go. Well, to answer the question, I'll start with another question. Fit for what? Ooh. And that's, yes. that's the big thing. Like um, I was a track sprinter, but don't ever get me to run a mile when I was training for the 100 meters. You know, I Later on, when I actually got back and more mobile again, I was helping people train for half marathons, but I could never get them to sprint. They probably could never cycle or climb a mountain. So fitness is whatever you want it to be, to be performing at whatever your optimum is for what your goal is for your movement and health. And it was interesting that back in 83, 84, when I set up the health club, um, us and just about everybody else in the health and fitness industry, it was basically the gym, body beautiful industry back then, they were just basically selling hard work and sweat. And then the weight loss industry virtually came to town with all the trimming and toning tables and all of those wonderful rip-off things that really didn't work except lighten their hip pocket. Um, 
And, and we were complaining because we were getting our butt kicked. You know, we were charging a few hundred dollars for our gym membership and they were charging thousands. But what it was is they were selling the aspiration, we were selling the perspiration. We were selling what we thought people needed, not what they actually wanted, which is where, you know, Carmen, what you're working with the women on is, is overcoming some of the beliefs inside what they believe fitness is and what they should aspire to because of all of the pardon the french the crap marketing that goes on that this is what you should be whereas it it should be the evolution it should be the journey of becoming your your best self now as a competitive track athlete my best self was just thrashing myself to the limit because I was competitive, whereas other people, their best self may be just movement. And we worked with a lot of people that just getting to the gym was the most exercise that they'd done in three years. So it was about what is fitness to them and being able to facilitate getting them to the next level and the next level and the next level. And the old saying of progressive overload, a little more, a little harder or a little heavier. And you will always get results. And how do we set the right goals in my book called Exceed, which is how to exceed your own personal and professional expectations. We talk about momentum goals. Is set the goal that you're going to not only achieve but smash through that gives you that great feeling that you're going on to the next one and then on to the next one and the next one. I believe that's what fitness is. And your own personal fitness today could be different for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. it's wherever you are in your life so it's try to break out of the the stereotype of what fitness is and what we see on those ads is to what it means to you to enhance your life and that to me is pretty well what i believe fitness is and should be love it so true it's such a personal thing but being healthy is also you know it's personal but also necessary so, oh, totally. yeah, yeah. If, if you're not healthy, then not, you're not living at your optimum. And it, it's a great thing to get out of bed and just have enough energy to get through the day and some. Because if if the amount of energy that you've got and what you use through the day is right at the limit, then you're just going to go to bed and just crash. Whereas if you've got enough in reserve for whatever your daily life is, you know, working and, and being active, then if you've got some left in the tank, you're going to feel great all day long. And that to me is what uh, we should aspire to, is to have plenty left in the tank at the end of every day. I like it. So Carmen, same question. What yeah. is fitness and the, and the value? Because that's also an important part of it. Totally. Yeah, I I agree with a lot, a lot of what Steve just shared. Um, there was a really well put, um, you know, what you said there. Um, so I sort of feel like so one thing that I always say is that fitness is a lifestyle and it should literally fit into your life. Right. So if you are noticing that your fitness plan is causing you much more stress than it's filling you with energy and life, then something has to change, right? Um, you got to take a look at the entirety of, of your life, your schedule, like, you know, um, 
your commitments, your energy level, like really look at everything in your life and 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 find some healthy balance there for yourself. Right. Um, I also that's why, you know, I also like to incorporate the word wellness next to fitness when it comes to my approach to my work, because like Steve was saying, fitness means something different for everyone, right? Um, one person can have a fitness goal of, you know, being a, a bodybuilder and another person can just be like, I just want to like get up and, and go for a walk every single day. And that feels like fitness for me, right? Um, so it's also about getting really clear on what it is that that person is wanting, right? What do you want specifically? Why do you want it? Why is it so important for you? And then from there, building a plan around that, because that is what fitness means to them. But when you look at wellness and you add wellness to that, wellness is, you know, feeling at your optimum. Wellness is being able to like live vibrantly. Well, wellness is, is that, that deep self-care that, that keeps us um, feeling at our most, you know, full day to day. Um, so I, that's why I like to incorporate both of those words together when we, when we talk about, you know, fitness, I think wellness, like really sinks into that in an important aspect as well. Agreed. Really, really good point. And Susan is nodding. So Susan, your take on this? I, for me, fitness is just having the strength and energy to do what you want to do. <laughs> Like, um, like Steve was talking about the difference between sprinting and, and, and long, you know, like marathons, um, hockey is an anaerobic sport. So, um, tr during the pandemic, switching over to hiking, hiking is more of an aerobic sport. And so I found that like, it did nothing for getting back on the ice, like for the first few weeks now, it's like, you pretty much, I, I'm like, I can sprint down one length of the ice. And like now that we're on like week three or four, I can do a one length and a half before I have to get off and like take a break. <laughs> and so um, I thought it was interesting that, that the, the aerobic and the anaerobic work together, but like it didn't help as much as I thought it would. Um, another thing that like when I was in my 20s, like I kind of associated fitness with like being thin and fitting into everything and being that perfect image that you see on the, the front of a, of a magazine. And my idea of fitness in my forties is like, I just want to move without pain and have like the muscle mass to be able to do that. Um, and so I think kind of shedding that perfect image that is unattainable for most people. Um, and in some ways is not even fit. Um, I think that that's really important um, when you think about what fitness is. It's something that changes over time in perspective. I, and I love how young Steve thinks we are. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> <Carmen> is young. <laughs> As are we all, but, but I really, I do remember, see, I think the eighties and I remember all the big hair and the fitness videos, right? And the yeah. leg warmers. And the leg warmers. And the bands. That, was, <laughs> <laughs> that yes. was like the thing, right? Is yeah. you, you were, that was the stereotype of what, and I remember I took, um, it was aerobic dance in high school and I loved the class, but it was more aerobics than dance. <laughs> Let's just get this <laughs> straight. Um, but it, it, it really goes back to the, to the F word fun. Mm -hmm. If you're doing some sort of fitness that you enjoy, you're more likely to do it. So 
this is uh, my next question is, so what is your favorite form of fitness? And do you have an embarrassing fitness story? And maybe I'll share mine. We'll see. Um, Carmen, do you want to kick this one off? Yeah. So it's interesting because when we say what's my favorite, favorite form of fitness, it changes over time. It literally changes. There was a time where I like loved weight training. Right. And right now in my life, I'm not feeling that right now. I love hiking and yoga. Um, sometimes, um, I love taking dance classes because I have a dance background. So I'll get back into that. It literally changes as I change over the few years. You know, I had a spin class phase at one point, and I think that's all beautiful because I'm meeting myself where I'm at moment by moment, but I'm still constantly moving and, and still doing what brings me joy. So it's always about checking in with where you are and just like not beating yourself up because what you were doing before isn't fun anymore. Find the next thing that's fun and do that. Right. So right now, I guess my most favorite thing, especially now that I'm living in California and we have hiking and sunshine is really hiking a lot, walking a lot, getting out of the house. You've been in the house for a year and a half <laughs> and um, and yoga. Yoga has really been been really um, beneficial for me uh, for stretching and just for mindfulness lately. So I love that. Um, hmm. I don't know if there is a, a, a um, I can't think of an embarrassing exercise moment right now. Um, well, you, you can think about it. Yeah. And circle back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, cool. It's true. And so I I did, I did, I was the yoga girl for a while. And then I went from there, I practiced the keto for nine years. And then I went from a keto to dancing. So talk about the two most opposite forms of exercise, mm -hmm. but they're all about getting centered in your own space and bringing up, bringing the clarity and the, um, the serene and or happiness factor. So as different as they are, I think they're, they're really similar. I will decide if I want to share my embarrassing fitness story. So in time, but first let's, let's go over to Susan. And so you've mentioned lots. Do you play favorites with your fitness? Because you do a lot of different things. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I play ice hockey now that it's back. Um, and I, right now I'm only playing one day a week. Um, when my second team comes back, if it does, then that's two to three days a week. And I hike anywhere from three to five days a week, like a couple miles. Um, um, I was big into yoga and I still love it, but I'm dealing with wrist injuries, which makes yoga difficult to do. And so, and then I also have a shoulder injury. So then if you're doing yoga on your um, forearms, then it puts the pressure on your, your shoulders. So I would have to do a really adaptive form of yoga to be able to get around that. Um, one thing that I do is, um, cause I write out a weekly list of things to do and I always have hike one, hike two, hike three and hockey on it. <laughs> so those days that I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like going out today. And I know that I'll feel better if I go out. I just don't feel like it. Um, I see that like, oh, I can knock that off my list <laughs> and I can have the satisfaction of crossing it out. And once I get out, like I tell myself, like you could turn around at any point, you can just go out like five minutes up, five minutes back, but I always do, um, like once I'm out, I'm fine. Um, and one thing with hiking, once I took that up, um, a couple months in, I noticed I don't get migraines anymore. It's very rare. So I thought that that was really weird. Um, whether it's being outdoors and like the sunlight and a different type. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting side effect that I did not expect. Um, and it goes to, more the wellness side of things, I guess, than fitness. Um, 
And those, yeah. So hockey and hiking are pretty much my two main things. And they're like anaerobic, anaerobic. Like it's two very different things. I don't, I don't have like an embarrassing thing. I mean, there have been points that like I, I have used hockey skills while hiking um, because in California, especially without rain and on hills, the soil becomes like ball bearings and your feet can slide out from under you. And the, the hockey skill is that you immediately drop, <laughs> you drop your butt down. And so I can fall without like even hitting the ground, like not even like your feet slide out and I'm just like, boom. <laughs> and without having to, to like break my wrists, trying to break my fall, um, I have, have used one skill and brought it over to the other. But I wouldn't say that's like embarrassing because it's like, it's something that happens. Um, I, I feel like I should have rephrased the question and you gave me a great answer. So let's make that the question is what are skills that you've learned from one exercise that you've transferred over to another? Because I, I love that, that you've been able to use them both in that integration. I think that's incredibly valuable. Yeah. I mean, the only embarrassing thing that I can think of that happened and it didn't happen to me is somebody on my hockey team. And this was years ago was going out and I did a story on this um, for public radio. So I'm fine with She's fine with me talking about it, but um, she was going out afterwards and she had like lingerie type underwear and she didn't realize it got stuck in her pants. And so as she was skating on the ice, she was dropping like a G string and like a bra and, and so, and the ref is like, what is this stuff on the ice? And he, had, he comes over to our bench and asks us like, can you give me an extra stick? Cause he didn't want to touch it. Cause he didn't know what it was. And so he lifts this thing up with a stick and she's like, oh my God. And then some, the thing was that somebody else on the team also panicked at that same moment because apparently they had the same thing and they thought it was theirs. And so um, that's probably the most embarrassing thing that I've seen, but it didn't happen to me. Um, but it was really funny. Um, and it would only happen at a women's hockey game, but um, I haven't seen anything like that. Um, since <laughs> I, I love that. That's hilarious. Okay. I mean, I am reinstating the embarrassing question and saying it could be someone else. And Steve. Oh, I've, I've got everything ready for you. <clears throat> and um, Susan, if you had to come hiking here in Australia, you could have used your hockey skills, but you probably would have needed your stick for the snakes. Yeah, well, we have snakes here too. I've had to turn around like I uh, two a couple weeks ago. I couldn't get a rattlesnake to move. Mm. Yep, usually can stomp your feet and they'll get out of the way. But it was, I think, it was stalking a, a bird's nest, oh. um, and I could not get it to move, and I couldn't go around it. And so it's like, you know, me versus a rattlesnake, it wins. I'm yeah, turning it, around. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, my yeah. um, well, because I was yeah a high level athlete for quite some time and probably for too many damn years, I wore out a few joints here and there. And so uh, cycling is one of my main methods of choice. And I absolutely love cycling because you just, you can travel so far and where we live here around the harbors of Sydney, we, we travel up and down the coastline and it's just, just gorgeous getting out with the guys and, and, and having a, a cycle. But the other thing is also swimming because I'm about, 200 yards from the beach and when we're swimming most of the time we're just swimming straight over the top of fish and it's just wow. you just zone out and just swim and it's just just awesome so 
they're the two things. Um, swimming is not really competitive, but the cycling is for me. And most of the time, I'm just competing with me. You know, I'll get home and I'll check my Strava. How do I go today? Do I go? <laughs> and there's always has to be one little segment that I have a crack at. Could be different segments each of the time. And that's just coming the uh, competitive nature of me wanting to just compete against myself. Um, but embarrassing at the time, it wasn't embarrassing. It was actually quite lucrative. But now where my son you know, sees the old photos of what I did, he says, um, don't ever show them to anyone ever again. Because uh, many years ago, I was invited to speak at a, um, a health-related fitness conference in London uh, for kids' fitness and activities programs. And they had an adult um, aerobic convention straight after it a week later. And they said, look, Steve, if you've got a good aerobic class um, you know, that's worthy of uh, a, a big summit, we'll pay for you to stay the week in London and, and you can teach there. And I thought, what, a free week in London? I've got to, got to come up. And, and I was a good, not really good or not even great. Right? I was just a, a good club instructor. But we used to do fun, fancy dress classes. And one of the, the best we ever did was a, a country step class, just country music and just crazy music. Like I had two songs. And I said, yeah, I've got this great class. Um, so I, I built the class and we had country music and I had a hat and a vest and stuff. And the first thing I taught them was a yee-haw, that whenever you, get a, uh, whenever you get a move right, you had to do a yee-haw. And then I just turned all the moves into like uh, around the barn, uh, over the hay bale, the do -si do and stuff like that. And I built a class that was, that was adequate as far as a class goes, but the most fun thing you could have standing up, so they say. So people were coming from all these other different rooms to hear what was going on. And one of our um, leading aerobic presenters said, Steve, you've got a really cool thing there. Mate, you really need to pick the class up, but the, the presentation and the fun aspect, you, you could do something with that. So I gradually built it and got the, the leather vest with the little tassels on and I went to this fancy dress higher place and I said can you make me some chaps that I could get on and off fairly <laughs> easy they said um so you're a stripper are you <laughs> and and that was it it was just like well I had the vest the hat the chaps and I actually was invited and I taught that in 15 different countries and wow yeah I, I actually did make six figures from teaching that class around the world, getting paid 10 times more than normal aerobic instructors, not because I was the best, but because I delivered something was fun. But when my son sees the pictures of me and he said, Dad, that's just so embarrassing. How could you do that? I said, I paid a bucket load. <laughs> but it, it did. It got me to travel around the world. But it wasn't embarrassing at the time. But it is to my son now. So those photos are just locked away. <laughs> I, I love that. It's a really good example, too, though, of, of opportunity is the mother yeah. of invention. Because look around. I mean, we've been living the last 16, 17, 18 months in some form of lockdown when we've had to be creative. And I love how, well, I, I sense you're a pioneer anyway from our last conversation. But that whole pioneer thinking okay, what do people need? What is my spin? And I, and you also, I, I'm having another flashback now. Uh, 
I did ballroom dance in college and I had so much fun. I was on the speech team, but there were some really competitive dance contests for some of our meets. So I started ballroom dancing. And then after I graduated and moved back home, the only ballroom dance classes involved very sweaty men who were 30 years or so older than me. So I started line dancing and that was so much fun. So apparently you were a pioneer of something I enjoyed a few years later. So I thank you. Well, I use that as a marketing example to to everybody <clears throat> that were mm-hmm. that are afraid of being a, a leader or an authority. Yeah, you know, I was not the best aerobic instructor in the world, but there was that one little thing that I was good at, and that took me around the world. You know, at most of the time I was doing that, I was the world's leading country step instructor. There just happened to be one of us. <laughs> But it's like, well, find your niche, create your category of one, and then just get out there and, and do it. And it's uh, a, it was a lot of fun doing it. But b, it's a great marketing example now in a lot of the things that I teach. And it, it's a wonderful example. And so I feel like I should. I'm going to um, ask Susan and Carmen: Is there something that you do that you believe sets yourself apart in your approach and niche and what have you? Uh, Carmen, are you thinking, should I ask Susan first? Um, I think, I, I think for me, it is the integration of really tapping into self, right. And really trusting that, you know, what you need. Um, I do a lot of, um, I incorporate like meditation and stuff into my work. And I also really, um, encourage something that I call an intuitive check-in, which is like, even if we have a a plan set for you this week, like we have your fitness plan, this is what you're going to do. I always encourage my clients to take a couple breaths before it's time for them to begin and to check in with themselves on where they are right now. How are you right now? Emotionally, physically, have you eaten? Are you hydrated? Are you stressed? Is this specific workout in alignment with where you are right now? And if it's not, um, you have that permission, find that permission within yourself to shift the plan, to, to meet yourself where you are today. And instead of an uh, intense workout, if you're not in alignment with that today, then maybe do a yoga or do a stretch or take a rest day. And, and you know, that's different because a lot of, you know, in my many years in the fitness industry, a lot of people are like, if you're not doing this, you're not going to get your goals. You got to push, you got to push. But at the end of the day, sometimes you got to ask yourself, "If this is this going to set me forward or is it going to set me back? You know what I mean? So I really encourage my clients to listen in and to check in and to give themselves permission to meet themselves where they are right now. And this is even an indicator that if they're finding that constantly they're having to change what's going on in their plan, then something else needs to shift in your life, you know? So this comes back to that self-awareness of, man, I really can't keep up with this plan. So is there something wrong with the plan? Is it not for me? Or am I like not setting boundaries in my life, you know? Or is is there something else going on that's bigger that's not letting me stick to what it is that I want to do? So I think, um, you know, just bringing in that sense of of deep self-awareness and like, self-love and and just that connection you know that inner connection is is something unique from what i've experienced with with trainers or coaches or classes and stuff yeah i i completely agree and this is something else that that i teach is the whole i'm all about you know figuring out ways to set yourself up for success so completely in agreement i tell people before you set your goals look at your week look at your life 
and do what's feasible because you want Mm -hmm. to get those gold stars. You want to feel good about your progress and you can't do it if you're in forcing mode. So I, I love how applicable that is to so many different things. And Susan, what do you think? I mean, I, I love how you're and I love the Susan story because Susan, like I mentioned before, took one of my workshops years ago and it was before I renamed everything the dev method, but she uses my mission and motto with the classes that she teaches. So I always use you as an example of uh, how re- how even when I rebranded myself, it was the system, it just the new name. And I think the the fact that you do so many different things in addition to your active lifestyle, I think that really sets you apart. But you tell me, that this is my take on you. You can do your take on you now. Well, I think, um... When, I mean, this doesn't have to do with fitness before I, when I had like a regular, you know, nine to five or whatever you want to call it job, um, before I went freelance, um, I worked my life around work. And once I went freelance, I now work work around my life. (laughs) So um, it was a change in mindset. I work fewer hours. I do enough to where it's like, I make enough money. That's fine. Like I'm not totally motivated by like, I need to make the most money possible. I'm more motivated by like, okay, I can go out and do stuff now. And so, um, and that's my personality. It might not be yours. I don't know. Um, and so that's how I kind of think about everything, you know? So it's, it's, if it's, like I could go out hiking this afternoon and do a bit of work tonight. And like I ran errands today and I really didn't get a lot of work stuff done because my brain actually didn't feel in it today. And that's totally fine. Like it's not um, the constructs of our American work life is like, they're all just made up. Like the 40 hour work week is a random like number that was chosen by somebody at some point in time. And so realizing that you can make your life what you want it to be um, with fitness involved, um, you know, that's, um, that's totally fine. And that, you know, you can have a happy life that way. Um, yeah. I'm like, I was thinking I had an answer to your question and now I have like a forties moment where I can't remember what the question was. Um, but, but the common theme too is, Uh, what you all are saying and it applies to fitness and life is you know yourself know your capabilities know what you want and work towards it in whatever that means for you if if i'm tired out hiking and um maybe maybe i am dehydrated from the day before or i had a hockey game two days ago and my body isn't fully recovered yet um i don't beat myself up if i have to take five breaks going up a hill Um, that on most days I can usually make it. Um, And so I think having that, you know, I passed somebody on the trail once and she was, she had just, it seemed like she had just kind of started doing that kind of thing. And she was like kind of embarrassed for having, like she was sitting down at like a viewpoint area and she was like, Oh, it's, you know, and I'm like, 
I take breaks all the time. That's not like, it's not a problem. <laughs> um, and, and on days that you're tired, I think it's important to, but to look at to why you're tired. Like, are you, you know, if you have a reason, it's like, okay, that's cool. But like, if it's like, I'm tired because I'm doing too much work stuff and I don't have enough balance, like that's where you can, it's one area where you could make assessment of your life um, while you're doing fitness stuff. So like today, I was going to go on a hike and I'm not going on a hike today for fitness. I'm going on a hike today because um, I don't see a fog bank. So I think I can see the ocean if I go to the other side of this hill where I live. <laughs> um, and I need to do some thinking and being out in nature and around and watching birds and looking at bugs. And um, for me, that's how my brain um, processes things. And so I know that I need that. And then I'm, and if I don't do that, I'm not going to be able to function as well, um, for the rest of the week. Um, and so understanding those connections between, um, that it's not just, it, it is, it goes back to the wellness thing. It's not just fitness. It's not just fitness of your body. It's fitness of your mind and everything else that goes with it. Agreed. Definitely. Fitness is the mind, the body, the spirit, the the whole you. Maybe I should have called it wellness. No, too late. <laughs> We're on fitness. It, and so what do you have to say to people who are like, ah, I don't want to work out. Oh, it's too time consuming. Oh, it takes too much energy. Uh, what words of wisdom do you have to like <laughs> snap someone? No, you have to be healthy. Uh, Steve. Probably I would use my warm, caring, sharing sort of way and say, get over it and get out there. But <laughs> um, <clears throat> most of the time I would, uh, if it was somebody that I was working with, and I teach all of my people and I live by it myself, the four Bs, and in this order, brain, body, brand, business. And the people I work with are, are business people. And so the brain is all about the mindset. And business and life is all about your mindset. But the body, I, I instill in them that if you if your body falls apart or you're not performing physically at your optimum, you can't perform mentally at your optimum, therefore your business will fall apart. So I instill in them whatever it is and then we could work through because of the background I've got to be able to set some plan for them. And then obviously it's the brand and, and the actual business itself. But one of the things that... Um, love to touch on if we can is the the morning routine to me is crucial for everybody and i get all of my people to just build their own morning routine the first 10 minutes of every day to build their own non-negotiable morning routine and i'll share mine real quickly is i wake up i do a quick debrief meditation and then find one thing that I'm going to be excited about that day before my feet are allowed to hit the ground. So that every day I get up excited. I, my feet are not allowed to hit the ground unless I've found something that I get excited about. And the next thing is um, rehydrate and reoxygenate, deep breathing, cross-patterning kinesiology, and I'll mix up whichever elixir I'm going to be making up for the day. And it's got to put water back in. Then it's journaling. And... Um, then generally at some form of exercise, I'll be either out on the bike or I'll have a little workout at home. Then social media and then 
life starts. And all of that's usually done before 7 a.m. So I have my set non-negotiable 10 minutes. And then after that, depending on whether it's a, a cycling day or whatever day, it sets it up. And that's probably one of the best things that you could get people. People that don't have the energy to do anything usually sleep in late. And if all they did was every week get up five minutes earlier. I got this little trick when daylight saving ends, I still keep getting up at the same time. So my normal getting up time is five. Well, then I'll keep getting up at four because that's the, the earth time. And that's normally when I'll start writing a book because then from four to five is I can just start writing. I'm not going to get interrupted. No one else is up at that stupid hour. So I'll pick up that time to, to have a little project from the end of daylight saving until, you know, I start getting back into the winter time slot. So, so it's, it's not so much telling them what to do is giving them tools and tips to enable them to do it. I have a feeling we may revisit this in a few minutes when I ask about your goals for the audience, but maybe you want to put a different spin. I don't know. It's actually one of the things that you and I discussed when we had our call that stuck in my mind. And I do get up thinking I should drink more water and breathe more. And that's your fault. So I thank you. Uh, so Carmen, what do you have to say to those who are fitness averse? <laughs> Um, I think first I would really encourage curiosity around their relationship to fitness and their past experiences of fitness. I would really be curious as to why they feel this way, right? A lot of times what I notice is that because they hated their fitness plan in the past, their fitness plan didn't work for them. So they're like, why am I continuously doing this? And it's usually something that they completely hated, but they felt like this was their only way that they can lose weight or be fit or whatever the case is. So now they have this thing going in their head about it has to look this way or I can't do it at all. And I don't like that. So I don't want to do it. So I'm going to create all these excuses around it to why I'm not going to do that. So I'd go there first. And then I'd encourage them to kind of what we've been talking about this whole time, what brings you joy, what's fun, what feels good, right? Um, and encourage them to go back to that inner child. When you were a kid, did you like to jump rope? Why not try incorporating some jump roping? Did you like to run? How about incorporating that? What do you feel about this? Did you like to dance? How about a dance fitness class? Are you a, a bike rider? Try bike riding or cycling. You know, playing around with different things, exploring, playing and exploring and finding what works and what brings you joy and, you know, and just moment, you know, like the same thing with me, like finding yourself where you are, playing around with things, seeing what feels good for you, and then giving that a go. And being a little a little less um, like, uh, like just taking some of the edge off of it, being more playful with it, you know? I love it. Love it. And Susan? So I'm the opposite of Steve. I sleep in late. <laughs> and I stay up late, but it's the same reason. I mean, I'm, I'm naturally a night owl. I'm freelance, so I can set my own hours. I know I don't have to get up. If I exercise in the morning, I feel physically ill. <laughs> um, so, like, I literally feel like throwing up if I do exercise in the morning. So my body is like, no. Um, and so I am an, a late afternoon, early evening exerciser. I have hockey games at night, um, and that fits my 
whatever lifestyle or body or whatever. So I would say, you know, uh, like if somebody was telling me get up early to exercise, um, that wouldn't work for me because it just doesn't work with, um, my body and, um, it doesn't work with how I live. I stay up late. And for the same reason that Steve gets up early, it's quiet and I can get a lot done. And I found that my brain works the best between like noon, well, not even noon, like probably like 1 p.m. to 2 a.m. is when my brain works the best. And I've realized that over a lifetime. And it's like, ah, eh, I'm not in a nine to five job. I can do that. <laughs> Now, if I have to get up early, I will plan my schedule and do that. But um, but my fitness stuff comes later in the day. Um, I, you know, there are certain friends that I invite out all the time who keep saying, oh, I need to get fit. Oh, I need to get in shape. Oh, I wish I could do that. And they never come. So really, it's just make I And I, you invite them over and over again. And they keep saying they want to. But it's really a personal choice where you've really got to make that commitment yourself. Um, and and I think the other thing that is important to realize, and I, Carmen touched on this a little bit, is that, you know, like 10 years ago, I was playing hockey and I was doing yoga and I wasn't doing hiking so much unless I was traveling. Um, you don't have to pick one thing and stick to it for the rest of your entire life. Like you might like it now and you might find something later that you like better. And then you kind of transition to doing more of that. And there's nothing wrong with kind of experimenting and seeing what you like and um, what you might want it. There's so much stuff. There's like trampoline parks, there's <clears throat> pickleball. There's, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of sports and things you can do that go beyond weightlifting and um, you know, that and running and and kind of the basic stuff that you think of when you think fitness there's all sorts of things that you can do um i know deb and i have another friend who does this too they take hip-hop classes like i that's not me um but like hip-hop classes like there people come out of those like drenched in sweat like it's not like you're like it's not like you're not doing anything during the class and I think some people don't might not think of that as fitness but it totally is and so it's really kind of try being willing to make the commitment to try stuff um but you really need to dig down and make that commitment because if you don't make it like you commit to a job and you might commit to, you know, well, hopefully if you have kids, like you commit to kids or if I am committed to a cat for 15 years or however long she's around, you have to make that same commitment to yourself um, and that you want to keep your body around. And so you have to make that commitment to yourself. Well, this sounds like a wonderful transition into um, sharing some goals for the audience. So make the commitment to yourself is great. I kind of paraphrased, paraphrased. Yeah, I speak paraphrased what you said, which is, you know, find what works for you time-wise and exercise wise, right? Make the commitment. All of anything that I talk about goals wise is really choosing yourself, deciding I want my life to be better for this, that, or the other reason and committing the time and the energy so on the topic of fitness, what is a good fitness goal that you can gift to our audience? And it can be a goal that you want to do yourself or and or something that you think would be helpful to others. So, Susan, do you want to start by sharing your goal? 
Well, my personal goal this season in hockey, um, I having not skated since before or since March of last year, um, I look and feel stiff on the ice and I've sort of backpedaled into bad habits um, on skating form. And so my goal is actually to um, <laughs> push my feet out sideways <laughs> instead of back, which sounds weird, but if you've skated, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and to bend my knees more. And so that is my goal. Like I will make a goal per season. Like I, you can't get better at everything at the same time. So if you could pick one thing and focus on one thing, I think a good general goal is just to make a commitment to something. Even if it's one day a week, that's better than doing nothing. And so if you can commit to one day a week and start low, um, then it's like, oh, maybe I can add like a second day. Um, so instead of like going barreling into it saying, I'm going to work out seven days a week and like, and you're setting yourself up for failure. So I figure like start low and work your way up um, and do what you can do. Make that commitment to yourself. Love it. And Steve, what goal do you wish to share for yourself and or? I'm going to do both. Excellent. Love it. I, I had some time off where I was getting some some treatment on some joints and I'm working my way back and, and we've got a few big hills that we, we go up and on and one of the, the things is to get, get the times down and, um, and that's really, really happening fairly quickly, which is great. When I set up the club, the first goals we ever set anybody that attended were attendance goals. They were not weight loss goals. They were not any sort of workout goals, but an attendance goal. Your first three weeks, your goal is to turn up, to show up. And and so that, to me, is one of the best things that somebody could do starting out. The other thing is setting a goal that is a stretch but achievable. Set the plan, but then look for something to do extra every day. What is it that I could do? And what happens is most people will set a plan and it's right on the limit. And that thing called life always happens. And then they start falling behind. And that gives them the losing effect. It's like, well, what's the point of setting goals? Um, and you know how to teach people, Deb, so <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about here. I do. Whereas if we set a goal that is a stretch but it's achievable and then they start doing things a little more, a little harder or a little better, they get that winning effect. And the big thing that happens with us as humans and other animals is when we have a win and we create those wins, we have a surge of dopamine and testosterone. And that's there to give us the strength, the energy and the confidence to go for a bigger kill as our you know, prehistoric days. So... We should always try and create wins along the way and, and, and celebrate those wins. Yeah, hey, I did two sessions this week instead of one. Yay, celebrate the wins. And, and that way you're actually getting that surge of greater confidence and it happens physiologically and psychologically that you get that greater ability to do that next level and then that next level. And, and what they're doing is before they know it, they've smashed through that goal and on their way to the next one. So set it in a way that you're winning and, and no, don't beat yourself up and make sure that you do take time out to, to celebrate the wins and congratulate yourself. 
celebrate everything. I am <laughs> so with you on this. So Carmen, what goal do you have for our viewers? Um, yeah, people? this was one that started for me. And then I've been kind of shouting it from the rooftops for the past, you know, for the past like year or a few months, if you will, you know, with, you know, with COVID and the last year and a half, we've all spent so much time at home. A lot of us are still working from home and don't plan to go back to the office maybe ever, right? So there's less commuting, there's less walking around, you're not going to lunch with your friends and doing all these things anymore. So you're just, a lot of us are just moving way, way less. So I encourage people, you know, one daily walks is a big thing for me. But what I really encourage people is if you're spending hours at your desk, like at the computer, on phone calls, and you're realizing that you're not moving anymore, schedule on your, your phone a little alarm that will go off where you can give yourself a 10-minute time to go for a neighborhood walk or to get on the floor and do some stretching or to move your body and to just release and revive your energy so that way you can get back in and work rather than just like pounding over your computer for hours. So literally, even after you put the alarm on just to say, this is me time and get up and just move that body. And I actually um, even created a free video, which is stretch at your desk in 10 minutes or less, because somebody needs that. Some people need that guidance sometimes. So here's 10 minutes of stretching at your desk, at the chair. You don't have to go too far just to get the blood flowing and to, to you know, encourage you to move essentially. So I would love to drop that link to the freebie somewhere. Um, or you can go to my website. Um, I can give you that information as well or to my Instagram and click the link so you can get that. Um, but just move daily. If you're at your desk, set an alarm for yourself to move, to stretch, to breathe, to flow. Well, a wonderful, wonderful tip. And yes, please send me the link and you can get the, um, all this information, the recaps where you can get at thedeadmethod.com slash blog. So I will be sure to put your link in the recap as well. And where can, before we wrap, please real quick, tell me where people can find you. Garmin. Um, well, you can come to my website. It's uh, www.intuitivelyfit360.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at Instagram. I mean, Instagram <laughs> at intuitivelyfit underscore 360 underscore coaching. Wonderful. I don't know why. That, th thank you. And Steve, where can people find you? Uh, I make it simple. Uh, my website is stevebrosman.com. Um, that's two S's. Uh, if they want to find out or really want to connect with me, LinkedIn is my preferred platform. Use the same name. I do. Um, it's always handy. Uh, if they really do have any real questions, they want to reach out at all. Um, I answer all my emails personally. So it's steve at stevebrosman.com. Um, if they really want to take the time to send me an email, I'll take the time to answer it. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And Susan, where can people find you? I'm at, oh wait, it'd be here. Um, I'm at Susan <laughs> on Twitter. It's Susan Vallot. So S-U-S-A-N-V-A-L-O-T. It's probably the easiest way. Um, I also have Susan, Susan which is like my portfolio site. So it's not so much fitness. Um, although you will find a couple, the last like two out of three stories I've done have been hiking stories. Um, because now because I post on Twitter and stuff all the time, hiking photos, editors will come to me and be like, Hey, <laughs> we have a story. We want to do it. And it involves hiking. Can you do it for us? So I've kind of inadvertently formed a niche without um, realizing it. 
There you go. Well, thank you so much, Steve Brossman, Carmen Miranda, and Susan Vallett. Again, I'm Deborah Eckerling. You can find me at The Dev Method everywhere, and LinkedIn is also one of my preferred platforms, but basically, you can just look for Deb. Um, these are wonderful tips and fantastic fitness goals. And whenever you're thinking about those fitness goals, just remember, you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Deb Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Deb Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.